0: Hello, this is Catherine, and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. This episode is about getting lost. Don't worry, I'm not going to waste ten minutes of your time blithering on about how things that get lost are often found. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And I think I've probably done it before. I was lost as I wrote this, sort of. At least I wasn't supposed to be there in that pub watching a very silly young collie leaping at invisible tormentors, whilst I downed an ill-advised G&T. But there we go. Nothing I touch ever goes to plan these days. I'm totally fine with that, as long as there's gin. But on Friday I ran about 23 miles. It was supposed to be a gentle 20, but ultimately my phone battery died and I had to get back cross-country in slow, waterlogged clay, feet blistered, etc, etc. Not really a hardship, as it was a Friday afternoon bunk-off work sort of run, and the weather was really beautiful, as was the reinvigorated golden Sussex landscape. The distant trees and heathland seem touched with a sort of lilac halo, at some points even pinkish, in a collective glow of shy new buds. Why am I telling you this? Oh, I'm boasting, of course. And I want to preserve this distance for posterity in the rapidly approaching days when my legs will no longer work that way. But not entirely just for that. I also wanted to tell you about this long run, because it was one of those days when I just needed to do something a little bit excessive. I really needed to get lost. And... Whereas I'm sure plenty of sensible people might go on a drink-fuelled bender to batter their body up, I prefer a long, long run. I'd much rather be lost in the countryside than my own pickled mind. But getting lost is harder to do than you realise. In England, it's far too small. You can't get away from anything much, really. Not even in the Peak District. There's always some entrepreneurial little coffee house in an unlikely spot, nodding sagely at your need for caffeine and comfort, and mocking that idol you had about being alone. And wild and free from attachments. Oh, I'll just have a little coffee here. No, there's nowhere to lose yourself here deeply. By nightfall, you'd probably just have found some sign of life at worst. I'll have to put this to the test in some farther-flung parts of the British Isles when I visit my friends in Scotland next month. I have a feeling I could fall thoroughly into some sort of crevice there. People would have to write poems about me to make me look less silly, like poor Charles Goff. The 17th century artist, an ill-fated fell walker revered by the Romantics and derided by Shepherd for his sad demise on Halvellum. But then I'd probably get eaten by a spaniel too, given the choice. What a way to go! When I wrote this, I was sitting in a pub in the New Forest. A lovely part of the world, but not for me, really. Why do I always end up here, I wondered. It's perfectly nice, really, but not my cup of tea. It's very busy, for starters. Doesn't really feel like a forest. More like Richmond by the sea. Doesn't really feel remotely boundless, either. What on earth do people find so romantic about it? Anyway, it's a good sort of place to try getting lost, I suppose, if what you really want is to find your way back home. But try being the operative word. I hadn't got three paragraphs into this homily when a man bowled up and demanded I smile for him. (coughs) My choice of response may have indicated I was still, at heart, a Londoner, and possibly a bit of a bitch in my old age. There's the other sort of lost, the one that you desperately crave when feeling a little pent mid-cloisters dim, to quote Coleridge. If, like me, you find yourself stripped of some advantageous liberties, and suddenly quite dependent upon others for work and shelter, and acutely aware of this to boot, you might find yourself overwhelmed by conflict. That is, the one desire to get away from it all and be thoroughly unmanly, in contrast to the demure, calm and grateful exterior you have so correctly been enacting for your benefactors. Possibly, pub man got the short end of that stick. For my long run on Friday, I deliberately planned out some unknown routes. The OS Maps function of mapometer.com is brilliant. It lets you find all sorts of secrets on your doorstep. I grew up in Sussex, and not until last week did I take the path across the estate that I passed each day on the way to school. I had a completely unique experience of the most familiar landscape of my life, and appreciated it afresh for its strangeness. There is also something completely absorbing about the act of finding a way. Never go back, never go back. If you find yourselves at a crossroads and see no clues upon the horizon, not the shape of the landscape, the hum of traffic, nor farm, nor ride, nor dwelling, then, and only then, are you forced to fall back upon your instinct and communicate intentionally with your inner, private animal. Until that point, you can otherwise be lost from yourself in amongst the illusion of knowing where you're going. Here comes a navigation humble brag. I was almost disappointed to repeatedly appear at the correct points of my intended route on Friday, after having convinced myself I was too high-level, too human, to reconnect with my sense of direction. It turns out you can know where you're going, even when you're pretending you don't. This realisation sort of took the catharsis out of the route for me, because it was, after all, vaguely planned. I'd therefore chosen to spend four and a half hours running, terrible time I know, but it was hilly, without actually discovering anything new, and this reflected inwards. My real foil for the run was of course to discover something new about myself, having taken the time to reflect and explore the inward landscape in parallel. Unfortunately, there wasn't anything new to discover about my soul, except that I'd been a bit of an idiot, having physically exercised for longer than I'd slept the previous night and given myself, later that night, a migraine to start the weekend. I shouldn't be disappointed by this though, I've decided, because getting really lost in a landscape would surely entail a much more unpleasant and immediate human experience. From lack of water, to cold and hunger, a need for rest and shelter, to the emotional alienation of not being able to knock on a cottage doorway and ask to use the phone. Overcoming obstacles in nature, without a safety net or home comfort, is the true test of what resources you have, and I warrant not something a fair-weather explorer like myself has enough understanding of or respect for. I should think the millionaire mountaineers who deploy Gurkhas to risk life and limb-hocking their shit up a hill don't even have enough respect for it. So I may have reached a better understanding upon this topic now, and it's twofold. Firstly, that, however lost I can get or be on my Sussex outings, it's rare I'll be truly without resources to find my way back, for our nation is small and I have a good sense of direction and always study a map. So I guess I can feel good about that. Secondly, that the extent to which I may truly be lost is limited by these things. The landscape and my own resources. And if I want to draw any conclusions about the human soul, then that's probably the one to go for. Because if one is fortunate to make a hobby of getting lost, one is probably still far from a state of actually being lost and consequently can find their own way back.